0: Hey, good morning, Midtown Fellowship. I hope you're doing well this morning. Happy New Year. Happy January 3rd. It already, it feels so different already, doesn't it? I mean, it's snowing outside. Let's be honest, we don't know if it's snowing outside because we're recording this before January 3rd, but I hope it's snowing outside. And I hope that you're having a good start uh, to your new year. Uh, We're gonna do something slightly different uh, this morning than uh, a kind of a normal worship uh, service that's gonna involve some readings and some meditation and some prayer and some song Uh, but we're really hopeful and prayerful that this will help you enter into uh, this new year in a meaningful way and when we were thinking and talking and kind of praying about this service and about this new year uh, all of us were realizing uh, undoubtedly this year is a different year uh, than any year we've ever faced And in many ways, it doesn't feel like we're entering into a new year. It feels like we're entering into the second part of 2020. And I know, uh, you know, the news is saying there's vaccines uh, on the horizon, and and that's giving us at least some sense of a a light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, if you're like me, uh, this whole year has been marked by a lot of false finish lines uh, where it feels like, well, if we can just kind of get through the summer, if we can just kind of get to the fall and if we can just kind of, and it it just kind of has always been put off and always been put off. And so it really does feel very much like we're just, we're heading into a same year that we just had, right? And New Year's is is always a time, at least for me, it's always a time uh, that brings about a lot of reflection about the past year and anticipation about the new year. And it has me uh, setting usually unrealistic goals um, that I believe that that somehow magically because the calendar you know changes and a new date hits January 1st uh, that if I can just exert a little willpower um, I can affect the change in my life that I most deeply desire and and we live in a culture like that right we live in in a culture that that probably every new year, until this one, every new year has had this motto, new year, new you, right? That you can remake yourself in this new year, that, that you with, with enough effort and maybe a few new variables, you can control your destiny. You can break free uh, from all of your bad habits. You can break out of all those bad relationships and bad patterns. Uh, you can renew and remake yourself in this new year and then comes 2021 after 2020 right what what do we do when all of those those bad or hard or difficult things don't leave us in the new year what happens when maybe the year we're looking towards feels less like new year new you and more like same year same you same relationships same habits uh, same addictions same challenges same struggles same pandemic same ever-changing restrictions same decision fatigue same fears same lack of ability to control things and affect the change i want same sin same world same me what happens when that's potentially what we're looking at. When the change that we want to affect in our lives is outside of our control, it's outside of our grasp. I know for me, when, when I feel that way, it's, it's painful, right? It's hard. It's easy to feel hopeless. It's easy to feel powerless. It's easy to feel defeated, uh, depressed just to feel extreme right what do I do when I when I want change in my life and I can't affect that change and ultimately what, what we're gonna do this morning is invite us um, to really wrestle with this question as Christians where do we go when that's the same situation the same year that we're facing and where do you go when you want a new year new you but that's not happening well, uh, we, were, we were talking about this, and it made me think of an old, funny SNL skit that Adam Sandler did about some of the ways, uh, and this really pushes on the nerve of this, some of the ways that we try to deal with this experience of trying to do something to affect the change that we desire, only to have that thing come up short. So enjoy this clip.
1: well thank God for Adam Sandler uh, <laughs> uh,
0: the skit is really really funny uh, because it digs and it exposes something that we all tend to believe and that we all tend to promote which is is that we, we simply believe that we can make some surface level change that's gonna make it all better and maybe uh, maybe it even does for a minute but if 2020 Uh, has done anything, and if the prospect of 2021 is doing anything, it's exposed the limits of that way of thinking and that way of living. The limits of our ability to truly affect the change that we desire and that we need. And so in that place, we all go somewhere. Uh, We try to take a trip to Italy to fix it, but we we all go somewhere. Everyone goes somewhere. We run somewhere, we run to someone or to something with that fear or that frustration, that discouragement. And the question for us really is this, where do I go? Or as the Bible would say, to whom shall I go, right? When it's not new year, new you, but same year, same you. So I'm going to hand off the service right now uh, to our brother and pastor, Jonathan Nash, and he's going to lead us where we believe that the scriptures direct us in times like these to go. Because times like these, the times that we're facing right now, uh, they may be new for us, but they've been lived before by brothers and sisters for thousands of years. And David is one of those brothers that we have in the Psalms, the prayer book of the Bible. He many times found himself in this sort of place. And he prayed and went to the Lord with all that he was facing to be renewed and to be strengthened, many times knowing that what he was about to face may not change anytime soon. But he wasn't going to the Lord simply for a fix. He was going to the Lord for Him. And he knew, and his suffering really had taught him this over the course of his life, that what I need to walk all the days of my life whatever those days hold, what I need is I need him. He's where I need to go. I need to be in his presence. I need to experience his nearness. I need him. So Jonathan is going to lead us now through a time of reflection and meditation and prayer through a very familiar Psalm, uh, Psalm 23, which comes right after Psalm 22, which is a psalm where David is talking about adversity and difficulty and feeling forsaken and like the Lord is far off. And Psalm 23 really leads us through prayer and through David's own reflection of his relationship with the Lord, through prayer and through the word to help lead us into an experience of him. Uh, So follow along as Nash leads us now.
2: So throughout history, uh, people have done transitions just like this one. People have every year transitioned from one year to another, um, all the way back in the time of King David, uh, who wrote the book of Psalms. And so we're now going to go to one of David's Psalms, and it's it's a very famous one, it's Psalm 23. And David wrote Psalm 23, unsurprisingly, after Psalm 22, or at least they were placed intentionally back to back. And Psalm 22 is the Psalm that Jesus quotes on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then many of us know that Psalm 23 famously opens with the line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So somehow between these two phases, uh, believers are taught that we can move. We can move from one place to another. We can move from one heart posture to another. But the thing is, is we need to be led there. We actually need to be led by our good shepherd to that place. And we need to be fed by him to do that. And so we're going to come to Psalm 23 and be fed. So I'm going to pray for us and read the Psalm. Uh, Father, our good shepherd, feed us now and lead us. Uh, feed us with the nutrients of our soul, the, the nourishment, so that we can be strong-hearted and strong of faith. And lead us in the way. Lead us in your way as we go from one season to the next. And as we... Uh, carry ourselves uh, as we remain the same in many ways, um, going from one place to another. We, We believe that you are also the same. So good shepherd, be the same one for us. Amen. This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. He's not the shepherd of a whole flock, but he's the shepherd of a personal sheep. We are all the Lord's sheep, yes, but he is my shepherd. His love is individual, not general. It's particular, not universal. And I'm a sheep, which means to be needy, which means that my needs are understood. The fact that I'm not self-sufficient, self-actualizing, self-soothing, self-saving, that's all obvious being that we're sheep. There's no shame in a sheep having needs. And a sheep should not run from its need for a shepherd. In other words, this line says that we can tell the truth about ourselves. We can tell the truth to ourselves that we can actually relax in our desperate needy situation we are sheep and we have a shepherd. And in this position as a sheep with the Lord as my shepherd, I can truly say, I shall not want, which is different than saying I have everything, which is different than saying that I have everything I want. It, it means I'm full. This is not a scarcity mentality. What this means is that I'm full and complete, lacking in nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You see, I have to know something about myself. I have to be made to rest. That even when I get to the other side and the grass really is green over there, I don't willingly rest. I don't know how desperately I need to rest. And a lot of the times I don't feel like it's okay for me to rest. But having the Lord as my shepherd means that it's both important and okay to rest. And actually, one way or another, he will make me do it. He's that good. He leads me beside still waters. For sheep, still waters are the only place where they take a drink. They're actually terrified of even very shallow moving water. We are equally terrified. I'm afraid of the rapids of disappointment and the waterfalls of pain. And if I'm honest, I'm afraid because I believe that I'm all alone. Those things make me doubt that things are going to be okay, that I'm going to be okay. And they make me believe that no one is going to take care of me. But here's the thing about still water, the still water that our shepherd leads us to. It's always deep. It's the shallow water of my self-reliance where the water gets all bubbly and moving. And it's maybe that that keeps me in the shallow end sometimes because the place where my shepherd is leading me to drink is the very deep end the deep end of the pool that terrifies me and restores my soul. He restores my soul. It isn't just my body that gets beat down. It's my mind that gets worn out. It's actually my very soul that needs restoration, that that needs rehabilitation. The effects of sin on myself and on the world in general are devastating. My Jesus knows what sin has done to me. And when he leads me beside the deep, Still water of his love for me. And when he brings me to the green grass and makes me lie down there, he is not just restoring my body or my mind, he is remaking my very soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. This path, this, this, this path of mind, body, soul restoration is also a path of righteousness. It's a path of rightness. It involves obedience to God, to his law, and it leads to wholeness, justice, and flourishing in the world. This means that God's sheep are following him in the right paths. They're obeying him. They're faithfully practicing the fruits of the spirit in every corner of their lives. And the promise of the good shepherd is that his spirit will lead you and guide you along this path of righteousness. And you will find strewn heavily along the path is restoration for your soul and healing for your land. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I love the old King James for this verse. It says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's as if they're saying, and yes, and yea, there will be valleys along that path. <laughs> Hello, 2020. There is a deep darkness where the soul crushing weight of sin and death is heavy. yes. <laughs> you will be in that place. In fact, that place will happen probably more often than not. But there is also a fact that that place, in that place, you may fear no evil because who is also in that place is your good shepherd, Jesus, your savior, who has also been in the deepest, darkest valley of death. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Oh, the rod and the staff. The grace of discipline, the kindness of correction, friends, we need it. We need our shepherd to not only wear gentle hands, but also to bear a rod and a staff. Because the rod is for protection. It's a weapon for our defense. It fights off the teeth of the lion and the bear. But it's also a rod of justice for the oppressed. The staff is for guidance and redirection. And yes, it's for correction. It keeps us on that righteous path. It's a a crook to grab our neck when we stray too close to the chasms on either side. There is no safe way and there is no good way that's far off the path. So we're thankful for the rod and the staff, the protection and the correction that keeps us on the way. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. This means that even in the face of enemies, may we dine with our good shepherd. Even in the presence of those who hate us and ridicule us and plot all kinds of evil against us, we can sit at table feasting on the good things that our shepherd gives us. It's hard to believe that both can happen at the same time, that being in the presence of enemies while sitting at peace with the Lord, but the way of this shepherd allows and expects for both. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Anointing is the sign of favor. A head anointed with oil is a head that's held in high esteem. A head called to a high purpose. A head that's highly regarded by the king. And how can that be said of us? Because princes and princesses are always anointed. Royalty is always chosen and anointed. And we are the same we are anointed princes and princesses of the high good king shepherd Jesus. And surely that is a blessing that fills our cup of needs and fills them to overflowing. And finally, along with David, we can say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What more can be said of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So with that, we can say, surely, surely goodness and mercy will be mine. And not only mine, but they'll follow me. They'll follow me along whatever path of righteousness my shepherd leads me on, whether it be green grass or dark valleys. Because I have a dwelling place that's reserved. You have a dwelling place that's reserved, a home that we will return to one day. The house of my father is my crown at the end of my walk. I will end my days in the safety and security of his house. And so, friends, um, know that as we pass from 2020 to 2021, you bring you with you, but you also bring him. Or maybe more uh, accurately, he is bringing you with him. Your good shepherd, the lover and keeper of your body and soul, he is with you. Amen. And now um, that we've been fed by the word, we have the chance now to be led in prayer and led in confession and worship. Um, so join us as we do that, please.
3: Pray and worship with me, Mentown. Heavenly Father, we confess before you the weakness of our grip on you. In good times, we declare with assurance that in Jesus, we have a sympathetic high priest and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Yet, when trials and troubles come, we quickly feel abandoned and alone and convinced that you have forgotten us. Instead of drawing near to the throne of grace, full of confidence in your love for us, our hearts are consumed with frustration and fear. Instead of reveling in our assurance in Christ, we lash out at those closest to us in anger, or withdraw within ourselves to sulk and hide running to the idols that promise us escape or immediate relief from our pain. We quickly forget that our advocate has ascended into heaven in triumph and intercedes for us there. Father, forgive us. Now we're gonna sing together. Sing hallelujah, I am not alone. Sing this truth for yourself and for those around you. My comfort.
1: He is my comfort. Always holds me close. Sing, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind me. I won't be. I'm filled with anointing. I'm filled with anointing. My cup's overflowing.
3: Jesus, thank you that you entered this world of suffering and temptation as our merciful and compassionate high priest. You know what it is to be tired and overwhelmed. You know what it is to feel excruciating pain and weakness. You know what it is to be abandoned and betrayed. Thank you that you were faithful in all these things for us, always trusting your Father, always revering him and obeying him from your heart. Thank you that you are completely without sin and that you sprinkle our hearts with clean water, washing us with your holiness. Thank you for the gentleness with which you receive us, for not reproaching us in our constant weakness. Sing, he always guides me through mountains and valleys.
1: He always guides me Mountains and valleys. This joy is refreshing, restores my soul. Sing mercy and goodness, mercy.
3: Holy Spirit, help us to cling to Christ. Show us more clearly our eternal high priest and advocate above. Help us to ponder more deeply his love for us when we are tempted to doubt it and to stir one another up to love and good deeds. Intercede for us in our weakness, taking our incoherent prayers and presenting them perfectly before the Father. Strengthen us in growing holiness as you continue in us the good work that you have already begun so that on the last day we might receive what you promised us in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Your
1: spirit lives within me So I will walk in your peace Your spirit lives within me You're my victory, you're my victory Your spirit lives within me within me. You're my victory, you're my victory. Your Spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your peace. Your Spirit lives within me. You're my victory, you're my victory. Your Spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit is within me. you victory, sing my hallelujah.
3: We sing to a God that we can trust. And this song is a declaration of that, even, um, even though trusting in God can be hard. So sing these words with me as a prayer for yourself. A prayer to God saying, I believe, help my unbelief. my feet are strong my eyes are clear my feet
1: are strong my eyes are clear i cannot see walking
3: I'm holding on to you, Lord. I'm
1: holding. Keep on so strong God is the God, you are a
3: powerful God, you are a present God, you are a compassionate God, Um, you are everything we need, you are everything that we don't know that we need, fill us with assurance and peace at hearing those words and knowing that they are true and that's true about who you are. Friends, um, I'm going to benedict us. I'm going to read a passage from number six. Um, receive these words. Uh, if you want to, I invite you to open up your hands so that you're not just receiving them with your mind, but um, with your body, with your actions also. Hear these words as words that are already true about how the Lord is toward you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace peace. Praise
1: God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.